Well, this morning on the bulletin, we've got uh, Ben Searle. Surly Talk Sport is his uh, label, and he is on the ground in... Uh, actually, he's in the UK at the moment. He's uh, gone across the channel, uh, but he's been in France uh, over the weekend. And uh, OK, Ben, uh, thanks for joining us. Uh, first impressions of the World Cup as a spectacle. How's it gone down, you think? Yeah, I think it's gone down really well. I thought it was a bit slower to build during the week, but I think a lot of that was down to France. We're playing international football, of course, against Ireland. So that was the talk of the town. It was just Mbappe jerseys everywhere. But then the closer we got to Friday night, our time over here, the more the hype started to build and everyone kind of switched into rugby mode. And yeah, it's just great to see fans from every country assembling at the fan zone and starting to get around it. And the French, they're... Certainly a passionate bunch, and boy, were they happy to get the win over us, and fair enough too. It was fair enough, I think, you know, with the hindsight of, what, 48 days to th- uh, forty-eight hours to think about it. Um, you know, we didn't deserve to win that game, did we? No, I don't think we did. I thought in patches we played well, but again, it's just this old story of when we're not on the front foot, we kind of look a bit optionless and we kind of revert back to those little chip kick plays, which are really low percentage, and they can either swing momentum greatly and win you the game, or you can look pretty average trying to pull it off. So I thought the French kind of had a lot better of a game plan and structure, and they wanted it a bit more than us, and then their bench came on and added some great impact too. I would have loved to have seen Cam Roygaard on the bench maybe to try and change things, but I thought the French were the better side, and yeah, they deservedly got the win. Why did we kick it so much? Bowden Barrett, 18 times he kicked the ball. Why did we kick the ball away so much? Yeah, it's a question I would love to know the answer to as well. And to be fair, I think a lot of teams kind of kick pretty poorly over the weekend. I know England got the win, but that was quite a tough watch for a mutual fan of rugby. And there's a lot of sides out there that seem to be doing it at the moment. It seems to be our default pattern whenever we come up against a side that's really bringing it to us defensively. And yeah, there's got to be a better option because it really is low percentage. If you can pull it off, then you look then you look amazing. But unfortunately, it didn't work for us that night. And it looks really bad on Bowden as well. A lot of people in the comments I saw on social media were pretty harsh on his performance. And fair enough, too, that there has to be a better backup play than just those little meaningless chip kicks, surely. Well, that's the thing from us over here. I mean, the reaction is if, if we continue to do that, we have absolutely no price of winning. We're going to kick it back to, to sides in quarter-final rugby, which it looks like we're going to get to. Uh, but they're, they're too big and too strong for us to continually st- stop them. Yeah, I agree. And the hardest part as well is when we do play our brand of football and move the ball around and play what's in front of us, guys like Mark Talia look so dangerous whenever they get their hands on the ball in space. And even when they're not in space, they can make something happen. So I think at the moment, it's trying to find that balance. We saw at Mount Smart Stadium when we were all over the spring box how well it can work when you're dominating. But again, we need we need a better backup option. This can't be our game plan because come quarterfinal time, we're going to play the spring box or Ireland, who both look really good on the weekend. And I can guarantee they will be looking at that French blueprint and rolling that out yet again. So if we bring that kind of game plan into that, we could be heading home early. But I still have faith that we'll be able to turn it around. Okay, good. Uh, a lot of people saying that they'll uh, have faith. It's just the uh, one game, but 
Technically. Uh, okay, right. You're on the other side of the world, but, uh, of course, you're massive into the WAS, as they say. There's a bit of up the WAS in the UK, I understand. But I just I just wonder about that performance. What did you genuinely make of it? Yeah, I think once the news kind of broke that Sean Johnson was going to be out, then it was always going to be a tough task heading over against the defending champs and taking them on at a sold-out stadium. I do note a lot of the fans there were Warriors fans, which kind of, like you just touched on, really highlights that global movement at the moment. Um, Penrith, they're just a really good football side, and if you make errors in your own half against them, they'll make you pay. I think those first two tries came from pretty stupid, unforced errors from us. They scored both straight away. We were down, backs against the wall. To be fair, I I thought you couldn't question our commitment and our effort. I thought we gave it our all, but we just lacked that Sean Johnson factor, I think, both in attack and just his leadership as well. I think our kicking game really took a blow without him there, and then just our general attacking shape as well. But I thought our forwards did well in the middle, and we held our own. But again, Penrith, just a class above. I'd love to see us take them on at full strength, but they are a really good football side, and look, they're probably odds-on favourites, them and Broncos, to be there come the end of the competition. I, I still think, though, again, call me the eternal optimist, on our day, we can go with both of those two sides. Can we win this weekend in Auckland? Yes, definitely, 100%. I think the stage is set for a great win. I saw Andrew Webster said that if it was do or die and and our life was on the line, then Sean probably would have played on the weekend. So I have no doubt he'll be out there this week doing everything he can to be 100%. Obviously, Mount Smart's going to be packed. Tickets go on sale today, and I don't expect they'll last very long at all. And it's just going to be crazy scenes. The place is going to be packed. And hopefully we're back to full strength. And I think the Knights, they're coming in in great form. I think they've won the last 10 straight games now. But going extra time deep in a finals game like that, it's draining both mentally and physically. They might well be without Jackson Hastings as well. They're starting seven. So I believe the Warriors will get the job done. And then it's over to Suncorp Stadium, which will be another stadium full of Kiwi supporters over in Brisbane. And we'll look to pull off one of the big upsets of this year. Talking to uh, Ben Searle, who uh, is in the UK as we speak, although he's uh, been in France as well. Also in the the UK are, of course, the Black Caps flying under the radar in this series against England. God, there's so much going on. Um, I... What did you make of um, the second performance? Rain affected game. Yeah, it's a bit of a roller coaster, isn't it? And it kind of summed up the last three or four days in New Zealand sport, to be fair. It was a bit tough to watch after the highlights of that first one day. Um, yeah, it was always, you always expected England to bounce, bounce back. I thought Mitchell was really strong with the bat. But when you have seven of your first 11 getting out in single digits, and you know it's going to be a day to forget. I just don't think we were able to repeat those heroics, but England are a quality side, so if you're not at the at your top game, they'll catch you out for sure. And just finally, uh, Ben, while we've got you, I know you're a big UFC fan, and boy, that was not really in general the day that uh, Kiwi Fight fans were looking for yesterday. A couple of victories, but uh, a couple of major upsets as well. 
Yeah, I think that Israel result was probably the biggest upset of the weekend. I thought this was going to be a walk in the park for him, to be fair. Uh, I thought he was going to completely dominate Strickland and defend his belt again, but it wasn't to be. And I noticed Eugene Behrman kind of came out straight after the fight and said, I've asked if we can fight again tomorrow because I believe we could flip that result around that quickly. It's just the biggest I've seen Israel struggle in a fight, to be fair. He was knocked down at the end of the first round, and I thought he actually did well to survive the five rounds. So it was certainly out of the ordinary from him. One thing we do know, though, is he bounces back. He's incredibly active. He loves stepping in the octagon, and I don't think he'll stay defeated for long. I think he'll be itching to get a rematch and try and get his belt back, and I'd back him to do that once he gets back in there. But it was a pretty bizarre couple of days of sport and that Israel result really highlighted it for me. I really didn't see that one coming. And yet the biggest result of all uh, happened at Flushing Meadows this morning from a New Zealand point of view when our uh, very own uh, Aaron Routliffe uh, has won in partnership with uh, her partner Gabby Zabrowski the doubles, the women's doubles, the first uh, woman to uh, win a women's doubles title at a Grand Slam since 1979. Yeah, it's an amazing result. I, even crazier, they go in as the 16th seed, and it always fascinates me that these doubles pairings, I think they've only played, what, four tournaments together, and they only assembled six weeks or so ago. So the fact you can have success that quickly as a pairing always blows my mind because you assume that they've been together for a long time. But a great result for New Zealand tennis and hopefully that just gets more and more people into the game and we can have more and more success in these major tournaments. Yeah, well, it's going to be good because if we could get her back uh, to the ASB Classic in some form, uh, and also, of course, we're now going to have Coco Goff at the ASB Classic. I mean, that's going to be a hot item. She's the US singles champion. So all of a sudden, uh, things are starting to fall into line uh, for Nicholas Lamperon and his organisation. Yeah, it'll be great to have a, a really strong card there. It's a great tournament, and well, Kiwis always get out and support it as well, and well done to Coco as well. I watched some of her opening round matches, and she was certainly pushed throughout the tournament, but yeah, she's a massive talent and one that'll bring bums on seats for sure. Hey, Ben, uh, congrats, uh, congratulations on a wonderful um, debut weekend, actually, over there. I, I think it's just been fantastic. I understand you're going to go and what, see the sights of London now and, and um, have a bit of a romantic time over there, yeah? Yeah, that's the one. I actually uh, managed to pitch it as a honeymoon to the wife, but just tie in, you know, multiple games of rugby, so I'd better go and tick some boxes <laughs> outside of the sporting world, but... <laughs> yeah, it's going to be a great trip and, and can't wait to get stuck back into the next few All Blacks games back in France. Sounds like the perfect honeymoon to me, mate. Have a, have a ball. All the very best. Cheers, mate.